Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is lesson six of the um, Sarah Animal Reiki for Reiki Practitioners class. And I'd like us to start tonight by doing some just deep breathing and letting go of all the stresses that we're holding on from today. And so breathing in through your nose, pulling that breath down into your hara, making that connection to the hara, and on the out breath, really letting go of all the air in your stomach, and along with that, all the stresses you're holding. And breathing in through your nose, pulling that breath gently down into your hara, holding for it, holding it for a second, and then really releasing it on that out breath. And one more time, breathing in through your nose, down to your hara, holding it for two, three, four, and then release. I like us to set our intention that we're open to receive whatever it is that we need most at this moment in time. And I like us to set our intent that we're open to receive and that we're going to create this beautiful healing circle for all who need healing at this moment in time. So let's just take a moment and think about people, animals, situations that may need healing and just offer this beautiful healing circle to them. Always remembering if someone comes to you in the middle of class, just set your intention that they're part of that healing circle, knowing that they will receive the beautiful energy that we will be creating. Now, I'd like you to imagine you're sitting at the foot of a tree high up on a mountain cliff, way, way up high. You can see down below trees and maybe a stream, but you're way up high on this mountain, leaning against the tree, feeling the comfort and solid trunk that you're leaning against, which is giving you comfort, giving you strength. And as you sit against the tree, look out in front of you. And all you see is just space. It's just a vast horizon, a blue sky. And maybe off in the distance, there's more mountains. But up above you, all there is is sky. All around you and the tree is just open sky. I'd like you to just sit against this strong tree, just breathing gently in through your nose, connecting to your hara. And on the out breath, 
pushing your beautiful light out with your breath, out every pore of your body. Breathing in through your nose, connecting to Sahara, and on the out breath, feeling your light and your energy seep out every cell in your body into the space around you. As you breathe in and out, you feel that strength and that firmness of the tree trunk. But the more you breathe, the more you feel that you're becoming the tree, that you're a part of this tree. Knowing that there is no separation, that we are all one and you are the tree. You are strong. You are stable. Like the big, beautiful tree you're leaning against, you have deep roots. Nothing can topple you over. And as you breathe in and out, feel the upper part of your body become more expansive like the sky. Breathing in and out, you feel yourself strong and stable yet wide and expansive. The more you breathe, the stronger your light becomes. The more you start to lose the sense of your physical body, but that sense of stability yet openness stays with you. You're so open, you can feel yourself just reaching out. Your energy just starts to float out and out and out. Still grounded and stable, like the tree. But your mind is expansive. Your energy is expansive. Feel yourself becoming like that beautiful, open, spacious sky. That is you. You are a part of that and it is a part of you. Now I'd like you to bring to mind an animal. It could be an animal that you admire. It could be an animal that you feel needs healing. Or it could just be an animal that you love and you have a deep connection with. Feel that animal's heart connect with your heart. This beautiful, open, expansive space. Feel yourself connecting with your animal and feeling so light, joyous, loving. In this space, there is nothing wrong. We are all perfect. And I want you to feel the animal become a part of you. Feel their heart join with your heart. Knowing that there is no separation. In this space, we are all one. This animal that you love, that you admire, that you care about. You see only their perfect, beautiful light. 
You don't see any physical ailments. If the animal is one that's passed, you see them present now with you as part of you. Animal will always be with you. This animal is only a thought away from you because this animal will always live within you. Every animal you touch, every animal that touches you is a part of you. It is only our minds that stop us from believing that. Now, as we slowly start to come back, I want you to keep your animal with you in your heart. Feel that connection. Look to that animal for wisdom, for help. Always remembering that our animals are always there to help us through good times and bad times. As you start to slowly come back and maybe open your eyes, take a deep breath and feel that animal's energy with you. So that peace and love that comes with that sense of feeling them in you. Always remembering to treat others as they treated you and to always speak from the heart of that animal when you speak to others. Now, before I open it up, I just want to talk a little bit about Seheki. So, as you know from your handout, um, Seheki is about um, the expansiveness. This is about the heaven or the sky energy. And this is an energy that is light within us, but it's also the energy that is our emotional energy, our psychic, our spiritual energy, right? So we really need that earth energy within us when we practice the expansiveness of the seheki. Because as I've told you before, if we, if we practice the expansiveness only, if we focus on our psychic abilities or our spiritual abilities, then we're like an upside-down pyramid. And an upside-down pyramid can be easily toppled over. But when we work on our foundation with groundedness, with the grounded energy of chokurei, then we naturally become more open. Like I said before, you're like a tree. Your branches mirror your roots. So if your roots are very shallow, if you don't practice, your branches will only grow so far, and you'll be uprooted very easily by any problems that come into your life. But the beautiful thing about Seheki is, and we talked about this a little bit in the first couple classes, was that when you have a problem, Let's say you're holding your phone between your hands and your phone is your problem. And in between your hands, that problem looks huge. And so your hands are your mind. And so when there's a problem, and if your hands are your mind and you're holding on to it, whatever that problem is, be it worry about a sick loved one, be it worry about your own health, your finances, whatever it is, that problem is huge. But when your mind is expansive, like we just practiced, When your mind is so open and so large, that problem is no longer big. That problem is very, very small. 
And it puts it in perspective because all of our problems in the big scheme of things are very, very small. And we know this because if you think about a problem you had five years ago that seemed like the end of the world, like you're just never going to get past it, like let's say a breakup with someone, but yet you did and you were probably even stronger afterwards. We get past our problems and really our problems in the big scheme of our life are so, so small. So what the Sehiki energy does is to help us remember that, to help us go back to that energy of expansiveness and to not hang on to these small problems. So when we're in a shelter environment and we go in and we're offering Reiki to an animal that let's say has mange or is ill, when we practice Sehiki, we can see that animal's true light and look past the issues, knowing that those issues are such a small part of who this dog is. And when we see their true light, that is when they feel really seen. So if we aren't practicing Seheki, and of course, in connection with Chokure, then we're really becoming more narrow. We're not expansive. We're very, very small. So Seheki is a really wonderful energy for us to practice, to really open ourselves up and open our mind up to possibilities. Because if you think about, um, you know, the whole distance situation, like, you know, when you send distance Reiki, in your mind, your mind knows boundaries, it knows limits, right? But if your mind is open and your mind starts to believe there are no boundaries, there are no limits, then the possibility of your energy being sent anywhere and everywhere is possible. And I know that this is possible because I shared with you before how Kathleen, when she got sick, how we meditated with the tigers at Care and the black leopard Makoto and how we'd only been with them, you know, for like an hour total, one weekend, the first time we ever met them. We meditated with them for every single day for a year. And when we went back, those tigers and, those, and that black leopard knew us, knew us as friends. They, they chucked at us. They, they recognized us. And even Kristen said that's so strange for them to do that because they didn't know us. They'd only met us once. But they, in that meditative space, when we connected with them, they felt that connection and they were there for us. And they gave it back to us because when you do that meditation, of course, I feel like, oh, I can feel their energy, but maybe I'm making it up, right? Maybe this isn't real. Maybe I'm just creating this in my own mind because I so badly want it to happen. But what that experience proved to me that, no, I wasn't making it up. It really, truly was happening. And before, I mean, I'd been teaching for, you know, like five years or so before that even happened. And, you know, you say, oh, yeah, you know, this, there is, you know, distant Reiki, blah, blah, blah. And, all, of course, you know, it's effective. And you have situations I would send Reiki to friends and they would feel it. But the situation with the tigers, like seven or eight, I guess it was seven years ago, that was really profound because it just really confirmed. Because when animals confirm things for us, it feels more real. Because people, of course, we think, well, they might just say that or Maybe they're making it up or maybe it's just coincidence. But when it happens with an animal, especially a wild animal, then you know in your heart that that's true. But the only way that we can allow those things to happen is when we're expansive, when we're open, and when we practice our Seheki. So 
you can either do the chanting as you've been doing, or you can say Seheki, Seheki, Seheki three times. Three is kind of um, a sacred number in uh, Japan and in Japanese. And so we do a lot of things three times because of that. Um, but then also drawing it. Drawing it is the same. It brings in that same type of energy. And so just do whatever you feel more comfortable with. I personally like the chanting the best because I feel that my body feels that energy more than if I say Seheki, Seheki. Also, drawing it is a different type of feeling for me. It's almost um, a little bit more meditative in that quiet space when I have to be quiet. Maybe I can't chant because it's a shelter and you really can't chant. So you draw it, but maybe just chant in your head. It's really powerful. And so I'm, you know, I'm not going to go over everything in the handout because they do talk about you know, maybe where the symbol came from. And you can see that it actually has to do with Tendai um, Buddhism. And Asui was a Tendai Buddhist. So you can see where he got this seed syllable that he used for the, um, the symbol. And you can see in that writing how when Dr. Hayashi taught Reiki to the Navy, you know, during World War II, a lot of those men um, didn't even have calligraphy skills the Japanese men that went to war. So they made it very, very um, rudimentary in their drawing. So like if you look at the drawing of the Seheki that we practice now, but you look at the Sanskrit, you could see where he had to make it very simple because there was no way that they could draw that if they didn't know calligraphy. And so that's kind of where that comes from. And then, um, let's see. Oh, and then they talk about the, the translation of the mantra, one's disposition, a natural tendency, a mental habit. And I want to talk a little bit about mental habits because we, we say that it stimulates our psychic and our spiritual awareness. Well, what that means is it's not, being psychic is not um, necessarily some kind of woo-woo thing that only special people have. We're actually all what you would quote, call quote, psychic. What the Seheki brings to us when we practice it is it helps us to let go of our thoughts, let go of what we're holding on to, and really be open. And when we're open and we don't have a lot of chatter, then we can hear what we're supposed to hear. We can understand what is being, what is trying to be told to us. And by that I mean like with animals. When we can quiet our mind, then we can really understand, oh, this is what this animal is showing me. This is what this animal is trying to tell me. You don't have to be an animal communicator. You don't have to be a psychic. This is something that we're born with. It's something that's natural to us, but we get in our own way, especially if you practice, and and I'm sure Stephanie can um, speak to this because you do animal communication, and I know you've gone to classes, probably some people who are like this. You start to force what you think you should be hearing. And, and really, it's your perception. And we have to be careful with our perception because our perception can get in the way of what is being told to us. So if I perceive, like, let's say we were sitting in a room and I had a basket of muffins. This is one of Franz's favorite examples. So if I have a basket of muffins and I'm looking around the room and I say, oh, well, Stephanie looks hungry, so I'm going to give her a muffin. But Vicky doesn't look hungry, so I'm not going to give her anything. And Emma, well, Emma looks like maybe she's just a little bit hungry, and I don't want her to waste the muffin, so I'm just going to give her half. That's my perception of what I feel is happening. 
That is not the reality of what's happening at all. Or if you look at perception in, in even a more basic way, so I'm five feet five. My boyfriend is six foot three. So if I'm standing next to him, you would say Leah's short and Michael's tall. But if Michael is standing next to like Shaq, who's like, what is he, six foot five, six foot seven, then Michael looks short and I look shorter. But if I'm standing next to someone who is five foot two, then I look tall and that person looks short. You know, so it's all perception. It's all in how we perceive things. And we have to be really careful when we're working with animals because we bring our perceptions to the table. We bring like, oh, this is what I think he's feeling. Oh, this is what I think is happening. Instead of just sitting and practicing and grounding ourselves and allowing our minds to be very open and expansive and letting go of our thoughts, our perceptions, and then just being in that space where we can actually hear what's being told to us. Like I shared with you with like Buster, you know, how I found out that he was having accidents in the house because of a stranger. He didn't like strangers. And then another thing I found out with him, excuse me, um, was he, he was like kind of a needy little, um, he was a little Chihuahua Minton mix. And so I'd never had a small dog before. And so I didn't really have a lot of experience when I was fostering him. And he would lick incessantly just for fun. But then there was a different type of licking incessantly when he needed to go out. And I finally, when I was meditating one day, it finally dawned on me. It's like, that's what he's trying to tell me. It's like, there's a, there's a really fine line between when he's excited licking and when he needs to go out licking. And when I finally got it, it was amazing. It was like, he was so happy that like when I said, oh, do you want to go outside? When he did it, he was just like jumping for joy. Like finally she understood me. And that's really what we're doing when we're not listening. And, and I have to be honest, I have three businesses. I am constantly preoccupied. And so I have to really work hard at finding time to meditate and really slow myself down so that I don't get in my own way because that's what happens. If I don't practice, I get in my own way. I make mistakes. I I'm out there just, you know, oh, well, this is what I think is happening. This is what I think I should do. Instead of just taking a few minutes, being quiet and saying, okay, I'm just going to meditate and whatever comes, comes. And I'm not going to be attached to anything right now. I don't want to look for answers. I'm just going to be open to whatever it is I need to hear. And, and I just was reading, interestingly enough, that like 90% of successful entrepreneurs, they meditate. And there's a reason for it. Because you get success when you meditate because, one, it calms your mind. Two, it helps to ground you. Three, it helps you to see other people's points of view. You become more compassionate when you meditate. And so if we can do that, we will be more successful in our lives, and not only with others but with animals too. Because when we can let that all go, we can finally hear what they're trying to share with us. And they are so amazing, and they have so much to offer us that really we're doing them a disservice by not stopping and quieting our minds. So, again, kind of going back to say, hey, Keith, this is a great way to practice that openness, that expansiveness. And that's what it means by stimulating your psychic and your spiritual awareness. It's quiet your mind and things will start coming to you. But it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you're going to be psychic now or, oh, you're going to be a great animal communicator, even though those things are what come. Just don't attach to it, right? So I'm going to share um, Emma's homework first, and then I am going to um, 
go ahead. Where is Emma's? Oh, gosh, sorry. Okay, here it is. So here it is. She said, boy, this class is flying by. It really is. I can't believe it's lesson uh, six all uh, already. So she said, I'm really so grateful to be resitting. I don't think there would ever come a time I wouldn't learn something new and go deeper in my practice. So, so thank you, Emma. So here's what she says. This was a challenging week, and at first I found the Saheki chant daunting. I thought I needed to be more grounded and that the more heavenly energy of the Saheki would throw me off, but I was determined not to let life interfere with my classwork. At first, that is exactly what happened. The Saheki left me lightheaded and with an unrooted feeling. I was chanting when sitting, but also when walking, taking care of the animal. It occurred to me to try the chant in a different way. On the exhale from my hara, I began with the first syllable, and as my breath passed my heart, I chanted the second syllable, and as the breath came to my third hara, I chanted the third symbol, and as the breath was released into the universe, I chanted the final symbol, and so it went. This worked for me. I felt grounded in the heavenly energy, and interestingly, it was exactly what was is needed in this situation. The groundedness of Chokure was needed, yes, but the expansiveness, heavenly energy, was needed to open myself up to be more fluid, to be Reiki in the situation. It helped me to experience this heavenly energy through my body and not to become too much in my head nor to be too grounded and solid by only chanting Shogare. I really, really appreciate the recordings um, and I put them on loop. It's lovely to hear the chant for me. Oh, thank you for that, Emma. So, so Emma brings up a really good point here. And I like, Emma, I think that's beautiful the way you're, you're chanting um, the Seheki. But I want us to all remember that these are tools, these, these chants, these symbols, you know, the mantras, everything. They're all tools. There will come a time when you don't need these tools anymore, when it's going to be very easy for you just to be, just to be in that energy with the animals. Because always remember, let's say you have a, in a herd of horses and everyone is fine and everything is fine, right? You, when you like, okay, now I need to set the space. Okay, now I need to like be Reiki. And so I'm going to chant. I'm going to do this. Da, da, da. You kind of are getting yourself out of that space that they've created and they're inviting you into. All you have to do to be a part of that is just to be. And what these chants, the symbols, the hara breathing, the space and toitsu breathing, what they do is help us to get to that space. There is going to come a time where you're not going to need all of these tools to help you. You're going to just go sit with the animals and you are going to be. Now, what this really does help us with is when we go to shelters and shelters, all the animals are off balance, right? They are not in their most healthiest state. So that's why we really work hard to create that space within ourselves so that we can bring just like what the horses are doing out in the herd, that beautiful energy, we want to take that and bring that to the shelter. And really, since we're human and since that's not a state we live in naturally, we have to work really hard at it. But when you go and sit with healthy animals, let's say your own animals at home, or I really encourage you all to work with horses, and I know Emma has horses and she can speak to this. When you are just with them in that beautiful space, you can feel it. You can actually feel that connection. You can, it's almost like a puzzle piece when you let go of everything that you're holding on to and you are just being in that space with no anger, no worry, with humility, with honesty, and with compassion. Then you can really feel what's being offered. And that's such great practice because then 
when you go to sit in the shelter and it's a very chaotic environment, then you can just remember that space and bring it to yourself. And if you have a hard time getting there, then you have the chants, you have the symbols, you have the, the precepts, you have all these different tools to help keep you in that space if you feel your mind start to wander. So I just wanted to say that, you know, just always remember that we are working hard to get to a space that is actually already there. We're not calling anything from an external place. It's already within us. And sometimes we just need to go and be reminded of that because it's not natural to us. It was natural to us when we were children. We were born. But it's something that's not natural to us now because we've worked so hard to let go of all of our calmness and our groundedness. And we live in a really just chaotic, you know, world. But just remember that these tools and what you experience, they're just tools and you practice, practice, practice. And then pretty soon you're going to be to let be able to let go. And I know that Emma, I know that she's taken this before and she's been practicing Reiki for a while. And I know that it's like for her to do this say he key chant, that's kind of a more um, advanced chant. Like uh, I would try it. I encourage you all to try it. I know that for Emma, she's done this before. So it's probably a little bit easier, but um, so it might be a little bit harder when you're starting out to like do the first syllable, second syllable as you work up through the haras and then out into the universe. But that's a really interesting practice. And I'm glad you shared that, Emma, because um, it's one that I'm going to try because I think that's really cool that you did that. But, you know, do what's natural, what comes natural and feels comfortable to you. So obviously, Emma found this. That's a good way to practice, you know, just practice this practice it, practice it. That's the most important thing. And just practice feeling that energy. And if that's the way to practice to get that energy within you, then you should. But whatever you want to do, whether you're drawing it, chanting it, saying the name three times, just always practice because we need that expansiveness because we live in a very narrow world. So um, now I'm going to open it up. Um, I'm going to take this off mute. Sorry. Just one second. I'm going to open it up to all of you. And, um, oh gosh, darn it, sorry, this thing I never can find. Here we go. Um, and I'll start with, oh, let's just start with Stephanie tonight. Um, wait, just a second. Okay, there you go. Hi. Hi. Um, so let me see. So I, I had the chance to practice, um, a lot more than I have been doing the previous weeks. So, the you know the doggies they were very <laughs> they were pretty much out i thought my dog just went into a coma by by the way because oh. i actually touched him and he didn't move and he didn't react and i'm like oh my gosh what happened to him <laughs> he was so out and um yeah and i sent you a couple of pictures but it was very interesting because he i don't know what kind of allergies he's had in the past before i adopted him but He's very sensitive, so he does not like anybody touching his paws. And um, and I touched his hind paws, and not a movement, nothing. It was like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yes. So uh, I was very surprised about that. Um, and the first time I, I I practiced, I was actually laying down because you mentioned about the dizziness and all that, and I was wondering, well, let me try. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how it goes. And uh, I did laying down and. Um, and I went uh, on for over 30 minutes, and not a problem. I was able to do about uh, two or three, I would think, yeah, two or three times per uh, per breath in um, the uh-huh. chanting. Oh, that's good. That's really good. 
So, yeah, because I do, I do meditation every day, so I'm, I'm already very aware of my breathing. And so I was able to go and, and, you know, continuously do for over 30 minutes. So I was okay. I did not feel uh, dizzy or anything. So the second time I tried it, um, um, I did it sitting down. And, again, I did it for over 30 minutes, and it went really well. I didn't really feel anything different um, from before. So I was hoping, okay, let me let me double check that I'm doing it right. And so I went back to your <laughs> recording, and I'm like, okay, let me see, let me see that I'm doing it right. And um, no, everything was okay. I just didn't have any different uh, feeling. And um, and the dogs the second time was very funny because um, they just the whole entire time they just stared at me. The both of them, they were just sitting down oh in front of me, just looking at me. And I was like okay, this is a complete different reaction than what, you know, what happened the first time. First time they were out, and then the second mm-hmm. time they're so alert. They're just paying attention to me the whole time. And I'm like, I'm just... Oh, my like, God. Yeah, I don't know why, but they were, like, so, so focused on me. And um, and they didn't fall asleep at all. They really, the whole entire time, they were just staring. Um then the third time, I had three dogs at that time. And so the third time, um, I started, and they started getting comfortable and started looking for their spot where they want to just lay down and rest. Um, they each picked a different place. My dog stayed right next to me. Uh, another dog stayed in front of me. And then another dog um, first was laying down in front of me and then halfway into the meditation went to the other corner of the of the room like oh my as far away from me as she possibly could <laughs> but relaxed but just laying down but just wanted to be you know not so close to me which is very interesting they each of the d- three dogs each of them reacted differently so that was interesting so i really well, and have no and that's really great for you because you know it's it's a good reminder that just because they move away from you doesn't mean that they don't want it because we hear a lot. Like we hear, we get um, messages all the time from people. Oh, my dog doesn't like Reiki. My cat doesn't like Reiki because they move away from me when I offer it. But the reality is it's just like animals are like people. They want to take it how they want to take it. And I think that's great that you could see that she was still enjoying it and taking it, but she wanted to do it in her space on, you know, in her Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was really fun. Um, And, you know, I can tell that every time I do it, you know, I get different reactions from the dogs. So it's not like I always get the same response. So it's always, you know, it's always a surprise for me. So I I start the meditation and then I wonder, okay, what's going to happen today? It's so, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was that – was, um, I did three or four uh, practices over the weekend with them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely the the shocking one was the first one because my dog was just out and to the point where I was just checking if he's still, you know, with me here because um, he wasn't reacting. And that was, that was, uh, that, I've never seen that before. That was very interesting. It's almost That's like, really, you know, yeah. anesthesia, right? Like, yeah. aesthetics. I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, well, so that was, know, that was really fun. That's, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because remember I shared with you the dog at Tulsa in India where they don't have any type of, um, they can't put the dogs out. They just give them ketamine. And um, 
And then when Allison was offering Reiki, they said, you know, the dog was, well, one, the blood pressure never dropped. And then when the dog came out of the, um, the surgery, that he wasn't crying and he was actually in really good condition. So, you know, Reiki can really help them to whatever it is that they need healing with. You know, maybe he just needed that deep, deep relaxation. He was just really like giving himself up to it which is really wonderful. I mean, we all should be able to do that, right? How, how mm-hmm. nice would that be to be that relaxed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that the was, pictures yeah. are really cute. The pictures are so... <laughs> I'll, I'll forward this right now to Vicki so she has this. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting how they all take it, and you're lucky you have three dogs because then they can show you. And it's good for you because then when you go out, and you practice with like shelter animals or something and they don't give you maybe a classic response, you know now that that's okay. They're going to take it on their own. Every animal is mm-hmm. different, right? Just like people. Right. And so that's really great. That's really great. And so how do you find the chanting? Are you, are you feeling comfortable with it or do you like it or? Yeah, surprisingly enough, I was very comfortable in it and I was able to do it right the first time around, which, you know, that's, shocking because I usually just have to focus and <laughs> practice so um, I just told my daughter you know maybe this is from a past life I've probably because I've gone through all kinds of religions in my past life and I'm saying well you know I probably did this before and so I feel totally comfortable doing this it's totally fine it's totally my thing so I don't know <laughs> that's funny you never know you that's know funny. yeah no you know but you know it's sound therapy too and and I think that that's something that um it really like resonates through your body it, it feels good when you can let go I think when we can let go of what we're holding on to or when we feel just kind of like insecure about how we're doing it or something it's it's just really nice to to be able to let go and really feel that energy that's that's created with that chance. Yeah, I think uh, sound therapy is exactly what it is because it actually uh, raises your vibration and, and your frequency and you're in a mm-hmm. whole different state by the time you're done. Um, right. So, yeah, it is it is wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. Well, I agree. Well, thank you so much. So um, I'll open it up. Wait just one second. I, I think I... Um muted that. I'm going to mute you and I'm going to open it up to um, Vicki. Hey, Vicki. Hi. Yes, I've had a great week. I was able to go back and look at everything that we've uh, gone, you know, worked on and uh-huh. made myself a list and I've been doing all of it, you know, doing wow. the chanting and drawing <laughs> the symbols. You know, at the same time, just to get a feel, but it's been taking me very, very deep feel like I'm going yeah. to that in-between space. Yeah. Uh, but just to backtrack a little bit, when I was first learning Reiki and first learning the symbols, mm-hmm. uh, one way that I really uh, bonded with the symbols is they would light up. They just would light up and sometimes come to me spontaneous, lit up. Uh-huh. So getting back to my practice, they've gone back to lighting up as well as the animals that I'm working on. Oh. oh, my. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a very vivid imagination, so uh-huh. but it, that's okay, it, that's it good. just happened. It, and it started mm-hmm. uh, when I was using the bridge. That's when it mm-hmm. started yeah. happening, like mm-hmm. some of the, you know, being on the healing bridge, and then they would just light up like they were had lights on them and somebody plugged them in. 
Um, well, it's yeah, almost like so seeing their, their true light, right? It's like seeing that that's my, maybe how you see their light is you see them lit up. <laughs> yeah, so like or maybe they're healing or... Yeah, I, who knows? I don't know because some of the animals are lit up and others are not lit up. Oh, so, I see. And mm-hmm. I haven't tried to... I just go with it. I don't try to make sense of it. Uh, but... To me, that um, helps me connect. So uh, now things will just light up, you know, that I don't have to be in a meditative state. That, right. Because you know, uh, I remember when I first got my master attunement that my hands burned. And then whenever when I was uh, would walk by an animal that needed healing or even a person, my hands would burn. So now I guess yeah. everybody's just going to light up. <laughs> well, that's better than having your hands. I remember that happened to me and Kathleen when we went to Best Friends. When you go to Best Friends in Utah, they'll let you take a dog overnight if you stay on property. Oh, I think even if you stay off property, actually, as long as you stay in town, they'll let you take a dog off. So we took this one dog, China, who had been there for like five years, poor little thing. And, I mean, literally, she slept with me in the bed. But Kathleen kept getting up, and, and we were just buzzing. It was like she was just soaking up so much. It was our bodies were buzzing from it. It was right. the strangest thing. Um, I, it never happened to me. Well, a little bit with my own dogs, but. Not like that, and probably because you know she was. We would brought her in, and she was so open um, that it was crazy. Because Kathleen kept getting out of bed and going, "Oh my God, I just like feel her. It's like my body is buzzing." <laughs> it was the same thing, but yeah, yeah, we experienced yeah. that same exact thing. It's really crazy um, because yeah, it, it is. is really physical, and I think that sometimes a lot of that too is because you're still working through it. You know, I think we get to another yeah. level where our body's no longer like that sensitive. It, it goes deeper, right? You know, we, we don't have yeah. that beginner, beginner thing going on. And yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. And, and I really honestly believe that, you know, it's good to have a vivid imagination because your imagination is really what opens you up to all kinds of things, all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. Well, I, uh, Ask my nine-year-old Golden. He hasn't hung around when I've been doing the Reiki lately. So I asked him, I said, why don't you, when I meditate next time, why don't you show up? So he did. Um, oh! I mean, I, I didn't go get him. I mean, he just, he showed up. And he really enjoyed it. And his whole body. So that was, uh, That's that was really positive. Yeah. 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 And my other year old goal is she go anytime I meditate she's there. She's always with me. She, oh, yeah. she loves it. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's not, funny the young ones. The young ones are always like so, well like babies, right? They're so yeah. open. They just are like, Oh, this is wonderful, this is great. Yeah, no, I mm-hmm. that's is it funny? And the older ones are like Look, you just need to practice. You just need to get to that space. I'll sit with you, but you need more practice. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like there are these little Buddhas, you know, that are old masters, and they look at us like, oh, God, this poor thing. <laughs> but I love it when they come and join us, though, because they're such amazing teachers, and they really, like, they listen to us. Like, like that, like you said, you know, why don't you join me? And then he did. I love that because yeah. I really feel yeah. that, 
like that when we talk to our animals, when we when we respect them and look to them for an answer to a question, that they really give it to us. And that's, I think, such a beautiful gift. And we're, we're so blessed to have these animals in our life. And you're so blessed to have an older one that's really wise and knows a lot. And then a younger one that really supports this and feels like, oh, my gosh, that feels so good, you know. And yeah. I think that's so great yeah. for you. You're really lucky. I feel lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Vicky, now you you volunteer in a shelter, right? I do not at this time, but okay. my plan right. is to volunteer as soon as I get done with my treatment, which is my surgery's been scheduled. I'm all good. I'm oh, all calm. Right. I'm all that's ready. Right. That's what you said. So that's once right. I, that's all done, then I will be able to burst out and do something. Oh, nice! And you're up in Seattle area. Yeah, I'm in Gig Harbor. Oh, you're in Gig Harbor. Oh, so you're closer to Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, okay, great. Okay, well, yeah, you know, um, and then um, Stephanie is down in southern Oregon. I mean, she's a little bit farther from us, but it would be really nice if we could find a, a center thing and then meet and and um, maybe do a practice sometime or something because we're all – That would be great. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah it would be really, I go to Tacoma because – with my other business, my manufacturer is in Tacoma. So I have to go up there sometime. Oh. So okay. the next time maybe I'm up there, I'll reach out to you and see um, if we can maybe at least go have coffee or something. Because that would be really That'd nice. That would be great. Yeah. That'd and anytime, be... for both of you, anytime you need help at your shelters or like, like for you, Vicki, just getting into a shelter, if, you know, you want the presentation materials, obviously when you guys become Sarah members, you'll get business cards that say you're a Sarah member and, and what you are. But any time um, that you need that extra support and help, that's what we're here for. And, and that's what we want to do. So when you are ready that, and, and you're having surgery, so you be sure to reach out before your surgery, um, whenever you need some support, you know, to, I'll give you oh. Stephanie's email and Emma's email and, you know, reach out to us and just say, hey, could you send some Reiki? Um, because that's really important. It's yeah, important that, to get that be, extra support. Yeah, that'd be nice. I reconnected with my old Reiki partner, and we're going to work on a plan, too, together. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That is really yes. wonderful. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you're getting support. Because that's really important. When we, when we have physical problems, we really need to make sure – that we reach out, that we're um, that we're asking for help, and especially not only for us but for our animals too, because sometimes it's really hard for us if we're in an emotional state to be there for our animals too, and for ourselves and for everything else. So you know, just just yeah. ask for help, and then also yeah. ask your animals for help too when you're feeling not very good, and they're fine. Yeah. You know, it's just reach out to them, especially the older one. I'm sure that. Yeah. He really wants to be there for you because they, they sense when we're off, they sense our, our physical ailments. Yeah. And so us oh, just man. trying to pretend like everything's okay doesn't go with them. You know what I mean? They're, they yeah. they respond to energy. When our energy's off, they know it. And so when we say, yeah. look, I know my energy's off, you can just kind of support me. That would be great. Um, then, you know, they and they want to be there for us. Just like we want to be there for them, they want to be oh, there for man. us. And so that's important too. And I know you'll look to your dogs for, for help, but also do reach out 
to all of us because it's really important too, and we're all pretty bonded. But as you can tell, in this class, it's a really open space. We're all very open, and it just really connects you on a deeper level than, you know, if you were going to take some other different kind of class. And I always feel that in this class, it's like, you know, there's a bond that's really formed, and you can't really explain it, but you start to feel like, oh, you've known these people forever, even though you've never even met. Right. So did you have any other questions or anything to say? Well, I had one question just about – like animal symbols, like uh, my old Reiki partner, I used to use a hummingbird to communicate. Uh, I'll make a long story short. Just uh, when I would think of her, I would, you know, I could actually visualize her with a hummingbird in her heart, and the same her, you know. So using that hummingbird to enhance the Reiki is something that I just did spontaneously. I didn't like read it anywhere or, you know, just that imagination I have. Yeah. And I didn't know what your thoughts were on using not a living animal, but an animal symbol. (laughs) Doesn't even, it could be living or whatever. What, what that is. So, so a couple of things. So there's the um, three diamond meditation that, you know, you learned in this class and for the level three class, what Kathleen does is she imagines an animal. She she teaches this. So you imagine an animal that, like, let's say um, is a grounded animal for your heart, so maybe like an alligator. And then for your heart, like for you, okay, let's say that's a hummingbird. And then for, you know, um, the upper hara, maybe it's something like a whale or a dolphin, mm-hmm. something that's really expansive. So that's totally fine just always remembering that those are just tools to help you because there will come a time Mm -hmm. when you're just going to be in that space with her and you're just going to feel that heart connection. And it's Um, fine to use these, it's fine to use these things um, because sometimes they just help you go deeper, right? Like even when I meditated with the tigers, I would still like imagine we were together. Like I, like I would imagine like I was a tiger and I was walking with them and, I was feeling that strength. And, you know, sometimes our minds, it's, it's okay as long as we don't feel like, okay, the only way I can do this is if I use this exact thing. You know, if we get attached to it, then we don't open ourselves to other experiences. So if, like, you're really attached to that hummingbird every single time you do it, then the other experiences can't come to you. But if you're using that hummingbird, like, let's say, okay, that's my heart connection. That's what I feel like. I'm just going to use it if it comes to me, then that's totally fine. Because, again, you're going to evolve. Like, this is, we're all just, this is all steps, right? Like you said before, your body used to buzz, and then you started to see lights. And and you feel like those lights are kind of like how you felt the buzz. Like, it's the healing process, right? You feel like, okay, right. that's like something that's happening. It's healing. And then maybe that will evolve to something completely different. But the good thing is, is that you've allowed that to evolve. You know what I mean? You weren't, like, uh-huh. totally attached to the buzzing feeling. Oh, I have to feel that. Otherwise, I'm not doing Reiki. And then yeah. now, you know, you allowed yourself. So that's what I encourage you to do. Yeah, use the hummingbird. Right. And if that's, like, and you, you know what? And I encourage you, use it in the horror sense, too. It's, like, if that's your hummingbird connection, then even when you do distance, oh, like, you, you know? Yeah. You know, when you're, 
when you're offering, just see your hummingbird as that heart connection, you know, the hummingbird and the other person or animal or whatever it is. And that's beautiful because it helps you go deeper. And we all have these mm-hmm. certain tools that help us with that. But, mm-hmm. again, just don't get attached to it. Just don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. Because if you feel like, okay, the hummingbird isn't working, then just go back to that hard breathing and just go, okay, open your mind. Maybe something else will come to you. Maybe it will yeah. be like the bridge or maybe it will be something else. Maybe the hummingbird. It's just like what Asui taught, you know. These are all training wheels. So the symbols, drawing of the symbols, that was Hayashi. That was something that evolved, right, because people weren't sensitive enough to feel the energy that was brought by the chanting. So they needed those symbols. And they couldn't even use the calligraphy symbols because some people were not trained in calligraphy, so they couldn't even draw it. So it had to be. So those were all training wheels, right? There's no reason why your hummingbird isn't a training wheel for you. That is something that resonates with you, and that's something that, you know, makes you feel that connection. And I encourage you, use it, because that's something that's coming intuitively to you, and there is no right and wrong. The only thing we discourage is attachment or if you're feeling like, I'm giving you something, because that, you're out of the space then, because then it's like you're taking power, like, I'm over you, I have a power I'm giving you something that you don't already have within you. And that's what we want to discourage because we're all beautiful beings. It's just removing the blankets that are covering our light. And, you know, we all have, it's not like Reiki energy is something that's external. It's already within us that we are part of this beautiful energetic field that's already all around us. And all we're doing is just lifting blankets so that our light can shine brighter so that we can be connected to that space. And so when it's you and your friend, this hummingbird is a beautiful way for you to connect, and that's how you feel that energy. And I I encourage you to do it. And I know just from hearing your history that you're going to evolve past that, and it's going to be something else maybe. And it'll be something deeper, just like like the light is a a deeper level than what you had when your body was buzzing, right? Your body was buzzing and that was physical, but now with the light, you've gone to a deeper place. And, it's, and, it, and you know intuitively it's a deeper place because it just is there now, right? It just happens. And, it, you know, you might not even be like, okay, now I need to set the space. I need to get my Reiki space. You just see it. It's there. And I think yeah. that just shows that you've really evolved as a practitioner. And the more you practice, the more that's going to happen for you. And the experiences are going to be deeper and deeper and deeper. Hopefully that helps. But yeah, I'm not worried but, to get, about getting attached because it's more I get too bored and I'm ready for something else. <laughs> no, yeah, and you know, and that's reason. and that's good. And I think that that because it shows like that boredom shows that you're ready for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like so if if you created that hummingbird because you needed something deeper, that's what came to you intuitively. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so if that's the case, that's even better because that means that you get to a certain point in your practice where you're like, okay, this is now too rudimentary for me. I need something deeper. And, you know, it sounds like your mind and your spirit is going to create something deeper for you. 
And all these things that you're learning in this class, they're just ways to help support that process for you. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. And, you know, as I'm sure you both know, and Emma, too, you're never hopeless or helpless without, you know what I mean? Like, you can offer Reiki to any situation, and you just hear so many amazing stories of animals that are helped with Reiki. And it's not like it's just Reiki, but it just really does help support them. And even, like, with Stephanie's dog doing that deep, deep Reiki, you know, coma thing that he went into – it was what he needed, and it's so wonderful to be able to offer that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, I can't even believe it's 7 o'clock. These classes go so fast. And I can't believe next week is Lesson 7. That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. We are just – and I'm sorry, last week, I don't know what happened. I sent out that email for Lesson – so I'm pulling up Lesson 7 right now because I'm going to send this off as soon as we get off the phone. Because And if you don't get it, like, by tomorrow morning, if you don't see Lesson 7, then please tell me. And um, I, pro I apologize, Vicki, because you sent me two emails, and I totally missed the first one somehow. I don't know how that even happened. Well, but, but anyway, I'm going to be sending this out to all of you tonight, right after we get off the call. And so Home Shazay is a great way to do this connection, to feel this connection, and to do the distance. So really practice this one. It doesn't, you could just even do it with your own animals in your house. It's, you know, distance is even one foot away. Um, but definitely yeah. just really practice this one. I love this one. It, it, you're going to love it. Like the chant is really beautiful. It's really, um, it's really primal. It's kind of almost like, um, like Native American in a way when you chant it. It's really interesting. So I hope you all have fun with that one. And I will talk to you all next Monday. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.